everybody we got some really great answers to the tweet earlier about design systems and we thought it might be interesting to record the answers in person in the figma office in san francisco with the team and sula's going to drive today i'm going to hand it over to her thank you so much louis and we're going to unofficially call this it depends podcast um do you want to say a little hi to those of you who may not be familiar Hey everybody, I'm Louis. I'm a design advocate at Figma. Been here for a few years and nerd out on these kind of things. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. I love it. And I realize I haven't introduced myself. I'm Sula and I have the delightful job of being a product manager here at Figma. And in the room with us today, we also have Clara on the design advocate team. Would you like to say a little hi? Sure. Hey everyone. My name is Clara, also a designer advocate on the team. Been here for about a year and a half. Excited for these questions today. Thanks for sending them. And fun fact, we live with walking distance from each other. Go east side. Love it. And then to round it off, because we definitely don't have Julia in the room with us, is Hugo. Hugo, do you want to say a little hi? Hi. Uh, my name's Hugo. Uh, I've been a designer advocate here at Figma for, well, since December last year. Um, and also kind of similarly very interested in designing, uh, learning out about design system stuff. I'm normally based in London. So yeah, it's been super nice to be in SF. Well, I change of scenery from London. Yeah, that was not obvious yeah, at all. Clearly, the accent was giveaway. <laughs> okay, awesome, great. Well, in case you missed it, we are here with you today because we want to go through some of the questions live and recorded, um, in or actually yes, questions uh, for Louis thread, which was design systems in Figma. Ask us anything, and we're going to start with this question that came in from Henry Daggett at Henry underscore Daggett, who asked. You have two versions of your design system, one old one. How do you structure the libraries with minimal confusion? I'll throw this over to Louis first. I, the reason I think this is a hot question is because Figma allows you to have incredible flexibility. And that can also mean we end up in situations where we need to be more rigid. And the tool is kind of giving us the possibility to not do that. And for a system that needs two versions, I actually do think we need to be more rigid and align a lot closer to engineering that we have versioned files, versioned libraries, sometimes version design files. So the answer to ask the question, and Hugo's actually been through something similar in his old job where he had multi-platform systems on different versions. I think you need to set up different libraries for different purposes. So you have version one of the library using an X amount of files. Then when you need to roll over to version two, you create more design files or library files and use those. That will give you the possibility to have some people working on version one, some people working on version two. It does mean the design systems team needs to maintain more files, but I think that's totally fine. I love it. Does anyone want to add to that or even disagree with that? Hugo? I'd, yeah, I, I, we had a lot of discussions about this because we were trying to work out how granular that should go. Does it go to the level of actually versioning the components themselves or versioning entire libraries? And uh, we're looking to, I'm making a commitment here, uh, to make a resource file to kind of show the different explorations around that and how because it because of the way that figma is structured it could be set up at the point of this is to talk specifically around versioning components you could use obviously frames you could actually name the component at that level this is if you're obviously keeping it within a single library file you could even go to the point of pages but we're always trying to think about where that information is specifically surfaced so when you're obviously clicking on the assets panel uh, you get the slash naming convention of where that particular component lives um, but that information isn't necessarily surfaced elsewhere. So then you have to start thinking about, does that information need to exist in the description? If you're, when we're not talking about it 
at the component level being named button version 1.1, button version 1.2. Um, so we've just been exploring what different options might exist around that area. Um, I would say that by and large, I also agree with Louis because I think, I think when it comes to swapping instances out, uh, having the second library enabled, uh, if the structure of the components is going to, uh, maintain kind of the same structure overall, then it's going to be easier to switch those out because the override should then persist, uh, from one component to another. Uh, so if you're switching between versions, that should make it easy. I love it. I love it when we agree. And then I see a hand raiser from Louis again. Back over to you. Anything else to add? Yeah, just some actual practical advice. If you're a small design systems team or maybe even just a design team that has a system, you're probably going to have one, maybe two files for your libraries. That's fine. So what I'd probably do is just duplicate those, keep them in the same project in the same team that you're currently, your system currently lives in. If you're a much larger organization, maybe with dozens of designers on that team, I would look at make creating even more divisions. The reason I'd do that is permissions and access. And that's really important. So let's give a practical example where you've got a Figma team for your design system with 10, 20 people inside. You may end up creating another team for version two. You might not even need to do that. And it really depends on the size of your team, the size of the company, who needs libraries where and what access they need to those libraries. Totally. So TLDR, it depends. <laughs> awesome. Now, over to you, Clara. We've got a question from Andy Bud here at Andy Bud. Um, his question is, what's the best tool for syncing your design system in Figma with your development environment? I'd love to hear a little bit on this. Andy, thanks for the question. So a few thoughts with this. First is the language of best. That one's always tricky because it's such a subjective word. And the best method is always going to be the one that works best for your team, which has a bunch of unique contexts. And so it's hard for me to say, but I think there are a lot of great discovery questions that you can ask to dig into this more with your engineering teams. So both with your design system engineering teams, if you have that, and then also with your front end engineering teams. So questions like what frameworks and languages are they using? Um, if you already have some sort of structure in place, what, how are they consuming those pieces? And understanding that bit will help you and like spike the certain methods that is going to support you the best. So back to the theme that Sula so perfectly summarized for us. It depends. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always hard to say that, but without, without knowing that context, um, I think discovery questions are helpful. Yeah, totally. It depends. It depends. It depends. For another question from Carly DeTore, and apologies if I'm missaying your name, at Carly DeTore. Over to you, Hugo. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. What's a good resource for a beginner looking to understand slash play around with building their own design system? So, obviously, there are lots of debates around what constitutes a design system. Uh, there are, it is obviously multifaceted. Uh, if you haven't got any experience of working in a team that has utilized a design system. Um, and just to give, uh, put myself on a, on a platform here to sort of try and explain the context of a design system, including processes, UI kits, um, uh, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the kind of ceremonies that you're, you're holding out that all of that stuff together in internally within a team. And obviously the, the code aspect to this, obviously it's, it's multifaceted. So that process of exploration, 
um, well, likely if you are a designer, start on component building. Um, so one, obviously within our community, there's lots of UI kits that are available to explore in terms of understanding how things have been structured. You need to then supplement that by reading articles about what the process for things like contribution looks like, what the process for deprecation looks like. Uh, what sort of ceremonies are going to be built around that so that you have an understanding of the interplay between all of the different participants who are responsible for um, being uh, sort of contributing towards that design system. So I would say if you're a designer and you're really starting out with having that first experience of building components, you're probably going to focus more on the UI kits, but just um, don't miss out on the opportunity to, to read more about how, how, does, how does this kind of continue to evolve and exist as a system, um, because uh, stopping just purely at the point of a UI kit uh, is probably not going to give you enough of a full picture, um, particularly if you're thinking about applying this uh, at, a, at a kind of like a, a internally within an organization that you're working for. Just to chip in as well, the, I'd probably give the same advice as I would to somebody who's wanting to start as a visual designer as well in go and do it. The, really, there's not much better lesson to learn anything than giving it a go. That might sound scary. Can blank canvas is a, a real problem that we all have when we're starting new work. So that just means recreating something you love, something that exists. This question came in from Twitter. So why don't you maybe take a Twitter page, try and recreate that in Figma, build out some components, see how the libraries get structured, build your styles, set all the stuff up in Figma as you would. And then you're basically already on your way. Uh, every system starts with what's needed. And starting with the components you see in that page will allow you to get the the run you need to start to build the skills that are like, what is a component? What is a style? How do they play into each other? How do I publish those things? How do I edit them? How do I use auto layout? All these sorts of things naturally come when you start to play around with something that feels familiar. Yes, and Clara, we've got lots to say here. And what's kind of cool is it's not it depends. We've got some very specific advice. Clara, would love to hear more from you. Yeah, building off of what Louis said, there are a ton of really great resources and files on Sigma community already. So something I do a lot just to level up my own technical skill is all, so let's say I'm wanting to build out a UI kit. I'll search for something or a company team that I really admire. I'll download the source file and then I'm going to visually try to remake it. I'm not going to inspect the layers yet. I'm just going to visually see if I can build it, play around with the different features. Then after I do that, I'll do like a one to comparison to see, oh, how did it differ? And maybe maybe that implementation was better. Maybe mine was even better. But you can sort of compare that and play around with it. And like Louis said, I think just getting into it and drawing it out yourself can be a lot of fun. Oh, I love that. I love that. And the, some comments from somebody who is not in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say hi and then also give your answer? Hi, I'm Julia, usually sitting in Hamburg, Germany, also on the designer advocacy team since 10 months now. Oh my God, time's flying. Uh, no, I actually completely agree with Clara. I think that's one of my approaches that I love to do is like deconstructing things that are existing uh, to start to understand. And then the next thing is, yeah, asking other people how they do it and understand how they started out. Uh, I think it's always important uh, to not just build alone, but try to build together from the beginning. I love that. And I plus to it. Best way to learn is definitely just starting and building and copying itself. It and hopefully failing in between. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't know that I hope to fail, but inevitably <laughs> it does happen from time to time. Um, awesome. Let's go into some more questions. We've got another one from Design Swags. I like how I'm acting like they're coming in real time. <laughs> but tweet, it's like this is real time radio. And if you're dialing in now, um, so Design Swags at Design Swags had asked, what design elements do you not use frames for on your projects? Great question. Yeah, because I always wonder, like, isn't everything a frame? Since frames are used mostly for everything. Oh, look, <laughs> finishing design swag sentence. Hugo, I'd love to hear from you. What elements do you not use frames for, if any? I mean, if you're drawing icons, you're probably not going to be using a frame as the basis for that. You might use that as an overall structure. Uh, but I think a lot of the aspects around vector networks are not going to require you to use frames. Yeah, um, I think that's like a cheating answer. <laughs> so that is, I mean, if, if we're talking about it within the con context of entire in like constructions of designs and, and pages, I can only really think about it at an icon level, but I'm sure like other people have got maybe greater insight into this one. Basically use frames everywhere. I can see space. As Hugo was saying, not vectors and Louis like, I'd make it work. That's <laughs> <laughs> Something that is actually quite difficult for people to get to grips with when they're to a figma from something else is how heavy a reliance on frames you can have. There's a couple of reasons why that's important. The main one is that it aligns a lot closer to code and how you'd structure things in code. If you haven't written HTML before, it's kind of like using a div. That's the easiest way for me to think about it. I'm not a developer. But to answer the question, you could have typography that isn't in a frame. However, there is a good debate to be had about whether Typography itself should be a component. That's not for this question right now, but just to allow you to think maybe in that space of everything potentially being auto layouted, having a frame around it is going to allow you to be a lot more scalable going forward. PS design swags, I would like some swag. <laughs> Me too, plus one. Just to add to that, I wouldn't stress on it too much if you just want to get into it and sometimes you're just drawing, you have an idea. I wouldn't think too much like, oh, should I make yeah absolutely. yeah if if you're just jamming on something then i wouldn't stress too much about it i would say groups if you're grouping then you just want to make it easy to click around move stuff once you start getting into frames base then you're starting to think about maybe sharing the file with someone else yeah. or cleaning up your layers list but when you're sort of in the zone i guess it doesn't really matter that's my take this is actually a really interesting further conversation again to the point that Louis was making around whether texts um, should be components, et cetera, is uh, what are the different phases of design that you might go through? And uh, I think at Figma, we often try to make sure that we provide that open opportunity that the early level exploration doesn't require you to think about frames, as you said, in that early phase. But I, but I do think that there is a more definitive point around um, aligning to some degree of structure from a code point of view so that there is what what we're always trying to get across to developers as designers is we're trying to um we're trying to transmit some form of intent and uh when it's when you start to only utilize uh shapes at that um at that stage rather than frames you lose out on the possibility to make that design more readable um so i think it's really important at that point where you can take advantage of features of auto layout the features of constraints uh to to also reduce the level of overhead that you have in replicating, if you're designing responsively, multiple different screens. Because actually, if you're 
not having to switch out different components based on different sizes and breakpoints, then you can literally just duplicate that screen and you can just drag it out. And then you're actually going to be able to replicate what that would look like at a larger screen size. And that really helps developers to understand the design intent. Um, so yeah, that's a Yeah. And sometimes you want to separate the creation and organization phase, but if in your personal process, if that's just, yeah. you want to do it together, then you can, you know, like renaming your layers, renaming not part of my personal process, <laughs> but you can combine it. You can separate it. Maybe that'll help you decide yourself yeah. what's easiest. Yeah. I don't think making groups is in anyone's process. <laughs> I don't know how that I go in. I'm like, what on earth is this? <laughs> um, I've got another question here that I really love from Tariq. Tariq. I hope I'm saying it right in one of the ways. At N Tariq. I'm asking, how do you build a D system, that's design system, that supports multiple languages to, in my case, in case or their case? In such a way, screens can be designed and presented using either language easily. Any hack, tool, plugin that permits to switch screens from one language to another would be helpful. We've got a hand raiser again from a ghost, someone who's not in this room. Julia, do you want to answer this question? So I think uh, it depends definitely on what you want to achieve. There are tons of plugins and tools out there, for example, phrase, as in the sentence. Um, they are providing exactly what you need. So you can set up multiple languages and they also have like a plugin with Figma where you can basically use the keys that you use in phrase, also in the layers name, in the text layer name in Figma. You can connect everything. Obviously there's a lot of overhead that goes into uh, adding all the stuff. So you should ask yourself if you really need this and all the, all the time in all those cases. In my case uh, that I had before, we had two languages, but most of the time it was just used for marketing purposes on certain screens. So most of the time it was just an overhead and an extra that was yeah not really helpful. So we decided to just do it manually. Um, so I think, yeah, try it out, do an audit and ask yourself what you really need. So it depends. I love it. Once again, it depends. Louis, looks like you might want to add a little something. Yeah, just building on that a little bit of the bloat and potential design debt that you could introduce to a system is something you need very rarely. That comes across in any part of the design system, regardless of whether it's about languages or variants or props or any kind of structural decision that you make. What do you need most of the time? And then there's the question about whether different languages actually need to be presented the same. You're probably going to be designing across a few different cultures, which might have different spacing requirements. You might use different fonts, which have different line heights, which you need to have sort of ne negative margins in some places. You might be doing right to left. All these sorts of decisions mean that, to me, they're different systems or different parts within the same system, unfortunately. Now, that's a great caveat. And we're going to wrap it up here on this whole design systems a Q&A, and I'm going to do one last round robin to ask everybody a fun question that I remember seeing uh, just about a couple weeks back from Fonz Mans at Fonz Mans, where he asked everyone to try explaining design tokens in one sentence. Is there a brave volunteer who would like to go first? Suddenly, Julia is no longer in this room. I guess we're going to pass it over to Clara. Clara, what are design tokens in one sentence? I'll try. I'll try my best. I believe in you. A design token is a platform agnostic design decision. That is not bad. And also agnostic keyword when you're dealing with design tokens. 
Hugo, I feel like those cogs in your brain are turning, but are they getting somewhere? Two words. Basically, oh my gosh, two words. Okay, two words to describe design tokens. They can't be designed variables. variables. <laughs> oh, spicy, spicy. You heard it here first, guys. And then, oh, Louis is shaking his head. I mean, like this whole time, he's like, oh, I've got another thing. Oh, I've got another thing. And then I ask him what are design tokens. And he's like, I can't. They're not what you think they are. <laughs> I actually really love that. I love that. And Julia, do you want to say a piece here, or should we continue to ignore that you're in this room? They're probably not what you think you are or what you actually need. Oh, we are just on fire today. Well, that was just a little, little over 20 minutes, and it felt incredibly strenuous for me. I didn't know about the other people in this room. Again, I'm Sula, product manager. Not a designer, but kind of designer wannabe here at Figma, and... It was such a pleasure to do this over a podcast with all the designer advocates. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll try this again, especially if you guys love this. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody.